Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. Well, it's Watkins Glen International. What a place to have our finale for the IMSA iRacing Pro Invitational 2020. It's Koninka Minolta presents IMSA iRacing at the Glen. An hour and 30 minutes of wheel-to-wheel, bumper-to-bumper, door-to-door, and sometimes door-to-armco racing. It's all going to be sorted out in the next one hour and, well, 40 minutes or so from now as we're counting down towards the green flag. Hello, everybody. I'm John Hindorf. We'll take you through what's going on with the championship in just a few moments' time. Ben Constantiris and Nick Damon joining me, socially distanced, of course, in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. A champion will be crowned tonight. Uh, this is the Cunningham and Alter presents IMSA iRacing at Watkins Glen International and delighted to say that we'll welcome to our broadcast uh, this evening a very special guest in front of the packed crowd here at Watkins Glen International. We'll just wait to make sure that he is online and he is wearing the Conic Minolta shirt as well. Hello to Travis Hoag, the general manager of Wayne Taylor Racing, but representing Conic Minolta tonight. Travis, thanks for joining us. Uh, you're looking fine, Fettel, there. Look, we're going to ch- crown a champion tonight. This is going to be very exciting. Are you looking forward to it? Absolutely. It's, uh, it's good to keep racing going when we're, when we're all sitting here trying to uh, stay, stay afloat with the stuff going on right now. What's been the situation with uh, the Cunningham and Alta Racing, Wayne Taylor Racing team? Uh, how close are you guys to getting back? Have you been back? Have you never gone away? We're not that far away in, in real terms of going back to full metal racing again for you guys. You know, we, we really haven't slowed down all that much. We've, we've kind of worked away from the shop. We've kind of been in touch with uh, a lot of people throughout this process. Um, Cunningham and Alta has been really good about helping us with some of the new technologies and the way that we can kind of work remotely since we haven't been able to actually be in the workshop. So as we've been kind of going through this, safety has been our main concern. So usually we'd be spending time on race cars and business stuff, but working together with everybody, it's how do we get back to the track safely and, and get us going again. So it's it's a different mindset for sure. And, you know, we are so used now to seeing that glossy black Cadillac DPI in the Cunningham and Alta colours, Travis. How important is it to build a relationship with your partner, with your sponsor, particularly when it's a, a global brand like Cunningham and Alta? And what do they bring, apart from putting a sticker on on the side of the car, to Wayne Taylor Racing? Well, I think the sticker on the side of the car is probably the, the smallest portion they bring to the table. Um the partnership extends way beyond just the racing. It uh, when we were dealing with things such as you know Konica Minolta in Japan, and then we have drivers like Kamui coming over, and and then it's the the business side with IMSA, and obviously Konica Minolta stepping in for the i racing tonight. It's it's a broad relationship. Um, they bring a lot more when it comes to technology. Some of the stuff that they do with with other partners that we have 
So the sticker on the car, as you mentioned, that's that's just uh, to put the name out there. The rest of it is a lot behind the scenes. So proper business-to-business relationship is what we're talking about here, Travis. Yeah, business-to-business. Um, also, with as you've seen, the Conor Minolta Business Center at IMSA, it's, it's not just for Wayne Taylor Racing or IMSA. They're behind the scenes putting that business center together for everybody at the racetrack. So, yes, they're partners of ours. Yes, we work side-by-side side with them all the time. But other teams have the ability to use their services. Other teams can see the technologies of the racetrack, so they can use it for their business stuff. Um, you know, you probably couldn't ask for a better partner. You know, when you've got uh, guys like Rick Taylor, Michael Matei, they're they're constantly following the racing. They they want they are part of the team. They're you know through this whole thing. I've talked to Michael frequently. I know Wayne's talked to Rick Taylor frequently, and we as a team have never had any concerns because it's a partnership. We're all in this together, and we've got to get to the other side. So uh, I don't think you could ask for a better partner. And literally just uh, an hour or so, maybe a little bit more, uh, IMSA releasing their uh, racing guidelines for when we go back racing 4th of July weekend uh, with the, the sort of the, the old Paul Revere date at, uh, at Daytona, which I'm looking forward to massively. Um, you've had a chance, I'm sure, to, to have a look at that. I know all of the, the teams and the partners have contributed uh, through IMSA to putting those together. Excited, first of all, to go racing and... and those regulations imsa have have looked at this in a in, in a very sensible and pragmatic way to get back racing with safety as the paramount i think you you were just excited to get back to the track now as we're going to the 24 it's been a, a long off time if you will um but looking at the work that imsa has done uh, i know they've been working closely with you know department of homeland security trying to make sure that we have everything covered for a lot of international drivers uh, i've got sitting on my desk right now a 35 page document of all the work that they put into this to make sure that you know everybody at the racetrack is safe and we put on a good show um i, I don't think anybody anticipated the amount of work that was going to go into this back in march when you know everybody kind of said all right we're not going to go to sebring um you know now that this is happening, all the teams are trying to figure out new ways of doing business. You know, we're working close with Konica Minolta on a new format to be able to entertain fans and guests at the racetrack since we're not allowed to have them there. And we're working on some interactive stuff that, you know, again, having a partner like that that has the technology behind them, we're able to do some things that probably not a lot of teams are able to do yet where we can link our fans up to places like uh, websites and the IMSA stuff and also give them a little bit of behind the scenes while they're watching from home. Travis, thanks very much. Pass on our best to everybody at the WTR shop and, and thank our friends at Conic and Minolta for the support tonight and throughout the years and continuing on at IMSA WeatherTech as well. Uh, thanks for having us on. Looking forward to the race tonight. We are too. Travis Hogue then joining us uh, from, I'm pretty sure that was Wayne Taylor Racing uh, shop there. So those guys uh, getting a jump on their preparations for the two-hour 40-minute race, July the 4th, Saturday night on the road circuit at Daytona. We'll cover that live for you on IMSA Radio and IMSA TV. Let's refresh your memory. Qualifying completed what about 10 minutes ago Rodrigo Fluke are back on pole position for Ford the man from Peru on pole with Jesse Cron alongside him Nicky Katzberg second in the championship at the moment a win here would set his championship challenge up massively he's got his teammate John Edwards with Richard Highstand behind him as well and Robbie Foley lots of BMWs on the first three rows where's 
Bruno Spengler. Answer is on the outside of row four. That's at least a couple of positions, I'm sure, further back than he would like to be. And he's got fast starting and uncompromising Shane Van Gisbergen right up his tailpipes as he comes to the green flag. Lawrence Vanto is the best of the Porsches down in 10th uh, position, ninth position, excuse me. Uh, Canapino and Gilles Gounon, that's the best two Ferraris on row seven. Then Albuquerque and Corey Lewis, Ben Waddell. He's been a man who has improved through this Six race series so far. Richard Westbrook rather further down on row 11, the outside of row 11, than he would like to be. Gregory Lee Fuger uh, on row inside of row 12. Welcome to the championship for him. And Scott Hargrove is alongside. And Matt Griffin has a Ferrari on the outside of row 13. The Irishman wanting to do a little better, and that's a good qualifying for him. Uh, we've got Dakota Dickerson and Shinya Mishimi on row 14. Andrew Simrel and Riley Dickinson on row 15. Just over halfway through the grid with Kenneth Murillo and James Vance together on 16. Misha Goikberg and Oriel Servia back on 17. Oriel not be happy with that. Aaron, Aaron Tealitz and Nick Bull. Well, I know Nick won't be happy with that, and I don't think Aaron will either. Mason Felipe, Guy Cosmo in the bright orange Ferrari uh, further back uh, on the grid than he would like to be. Sorry, the, the bright orange Ford. Uh, Nico Rondier and Blake Mount. Daniel Dye and James Pesek in that purple number 40. We'll pick him out. Max Hanratty, Owen Trinkler, welcome to Team TGM. Former champions in the Michelin Pilot Challenge, of course. And Owen Trinkler sitting at home in Nashville. Hello to Jen and the family there. One of my favourite cities to go to in the States. Daniel Morad and Robert Wickens for FAF make up our field this evening let's quickly before we go to the grid remind you of the championship situation and here's what has to happen it's two bmw drivers at the sharp end of the field this is the best four of five scores at the moment it's a nine point gap from spengler to katzberg core kenton cook and uh, philip eng not here this weekend, so will not improve their position. Shinya Mishimi, therefore, with a great chance of getting up into third position. But it's all about the two BMW drivers. Here's how we'll score it. A win in IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship scores 35. And that's exactly how many points we award here. Then it's 32, 30, 28, 26. It's the best five of six of the races. Bruno Spengler then, at the moment, drops his mid-Ohio sixth position. That's his worst finish of the season. <laughs> 28th, Nicky Katzberg, last time out at VIR, had a bit of a nightmare, and he'll be delighted to see that finish disappear. So what does that mean for the championship? Who has to do what to whom? Well, for Katzberg, it's pretty easy. He's pretty much got to finish first or second. If he gets to the front of the field and Spengler is sixth or lower, Katzberg wins. Spengler wins. If he's fourth or higher, he'll take that on points completely. If he finishes fifth and Katzberg wins, then it's a tie on points. But Spengler still wins because he's got a better finishing record. Two firsts and two seconds against two firsts, a second and a third for Katzberg. And after that, start looking for a fifth, a five-place differential. But don't forget, Spengler's worst dropped score is a sixth. So he'd have to go a long way down to have a problem. Our Porsche keys to the race. Smart start, smart race. Ben Constant Juris. This is a tight start in uh, tight starting third to the lap and it's a side by side start. Going up through the uphill S's which is where the Porsche safety car is right now, you do not want to get tangled up early on. It's a short sprint to the first corner. It's a fast first corner. 
there is a bit of runoff on the outside, but once you've got through that, it is very much uh, line astern through uh, three and four. And then, really, you can't be overtaking going into the inner loop either all the outer loop so the first opportunity is all the way through at turn six halfway through the lap and you've got to pick those passes carefully nick i, I could have said i could have made it beautifully alliterative and pick be patient pick your passes perfectly is what i was i was going to say yeah i mean it is as, as ben alluded to there's a lot of this which is one line only and even difficult to force a mistake there are a couple of places where you can go for it um in through the boot system certainly there's a chance if you get a really good run into corner one but even that's not necessarily camber for your favor and you know it is a point there is not a lot of hard breaking the outbreaking is, is not like happened to we are going to see those things we love most of all john the two three and four corner passes as they go side by side to get past because that's the only way you can do it here yeah you've got to set it up for a, from a very very long rear out bang tactics here we've seen in the previous five races no tires at sebring uh, two tires or four tires is this a hard track on tires it's a light colored surface it's not the resurfacing that was done a couple of seasons ago can we do a full race here without changing the michelins i'd be very surprised there is a lot of medium to high speed turns a lot of uh, pressure going through uh, the left side tires so i think at least two lefts will be needed uh, whether you need four tires or two depends also when the caution falls if it falls after pit stops then you really want to do a very quick stop if you can get your stop done before the caution maybe you go with the four and the championship contenders we've pointed them out everybody on this 40 odd car grid nick damon must know that it's katzberg and spengler fighting for the championship you don't want to get into it with them a nice uh, pleasant day with the track temperature around 100 degrees Fahrenheit, so that's up into the 30s Celsius. Really, nobody wants to get in the way of the championship battle here. No, and I think certainly if you drive a BMW, you'd be very much keen to get out of their way. Perhaps if you drive a different manufacturer's car, this is your chance to put one over them because you can be way more aggressive than they can be. And I'm thinking, look at you, Shane Van Gisbergen. Well, Van Gisbergen has been very good at the end of the races. Ben Constantius will be watching the pits for us and making sure we don't miss any of the action uh, in the back of the field. He's got his iRacing set up in the French Alps. Nick Damon and John Hindorf joining him and you in the Haggerty Global uh, Broadcast Centre as we get the green flag and the final race of IMSA iRacing Pro Invitational 2020 is underway. Watch out for that bright red number seven. Going down towards the first corner, what Spengler cannot afford here is a charge back through the field as Robbie oh. Foley goes very wide indeed and in the Spengler. yellow and blue car. Oh. Ben. oh! Now. That was Spengler. That was Spengler. Spengler has had a huge, huge incident and there's all kinds, just what we said in the Porsche keys to the race. I paused for a moment because I wasn't sure if that was Spengler. But you, smart start, smart race. And Spengler's had a huge one. Ben Constantius, has he has he quit back to the pits with a toe? 
absolutely needed to quit back. The car absolutely destroyed. So it'll be two minutes of him sitting in pit lane. He'll then be able to use his fast pass. Oh, Katzberg had survived. That was, that was Jesse Crone who's Correct. going in there. So Katzberg, he, he, he hasn't gained a position because John Edwards has taken it back. But up the inside, so Katzberg now picks up second. This has been a perfect lap for Katzberg. Spengler gone. He's in second and only Fluker ahead of him. And Nicky Katzberg is now, he must be getting told by his team that what has happened to his championship contender exactly as we talked about the Porsche keys to the race during Michelin counts down to green. And at the start of our race programme here, smart start, smart race, Spengler gets tied up with an accident up the S's. We've seen that in real life in the IMSA development series and, of course, in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship in recent years here at Watkins Glen International. And it has been a, well, a topsy-turvy. We've turned the championship upside down. A Spengler went upside down in the early laps. Watch the number seven. The first of those two red BMWs going through the first corner. We've got a couple of Fords going wide. Oh, ah. he got poleaxed by the blue Ford. Yeah. Which is a 27, was that? It, it was... Well, it was he, it, he was not at fault, is what I'm going to say there no. immediately. It was Richard Highstand, was Richard Highstand uh, in the number 11, the GRT Grasso Racing <laughs> Ford. Well, I <laughs> uh, and put your glasses on, Nick. <laughs> uh, and uh, Ben's just spooled back through to make sure that we caught the right car. Thank you, Ben, for that. And that is what we were talking about. And Ben Constanturis, that comes from Spengler being two, three, maybe even four positions further back down the track at the start than he would have liked to have been. He was half a second away from pole position and that's why he was in that area of the track and got caught up in that accident, simple as. Absolutely, the qualifying dictated his start position. It wasn't great and, you know, he was still at the head of the field. There was more drama further back with more cars facing the wrong direction. Actually, we've got quite a few. Richard Highstand has just driven back to the pits after that contact. But it's pretty much taken him uh, two laps to do it. So whilst he hasn't needed to use a toe, he's losing just as much time. There is Spengler still waiting to be released from it. And he's, he's not happy, Ben. Two, two minutes and 55 seconds he's been stationary in pit lane. He is not a happy man. We know that he's fairly impassive behind the wheel. He's worked so hard, Nick Damon, on his uh, virtual racing skills. We've seen him at the Nürburgring in the 24 hours in the DNLS race. We'll see him there again on Saturday when Bruce Jones uh, joins me on the RSL Network. That championship about halfway through its season and we've seen him dominate for the most part here in the IMSA iRacing Pro Invitational. We don't often see much in terms of emotion from him but you can see there even though he's, he looks relatively impassive, to me, he looks like he's boiling up. Yeah, well, I mean, we've, we've all been there, and it's, it's the same in, uh, in, in full metal racing as in virtual racing, is that sometimes you're the innocent bystander in some of those accidents. Katzberg drops down to third there as John right. has got a great run up the hill. And Katzberg can wait to worry about things until after full course yellow. Competition yellow, sorry. And it's, it's what happened to Spain, has happened to all of us, either on the racetrack for real or on the racetrack vir virtually, where someone else's mistake wipes you out. Let's have another look back at what happened uh, to Bruno. On board with him, he gets in the first corner pretty well. Highstand's gone wide, so has Robbie Foley, and Highstand just spears across the front of him, and then he gets picked up by another one of the Fords. So if it wasn't bad enough that he got clipped by Highstand returning 
there was another heavy hit by a Ford which flicked him up in the air. That sort of that wedge nose of the Ford GT just flicked the yeah. spinning BMW through the air, and that's serious, serious damage, and that's going to take a lot of time. Ben's going to keep an eye on that and tell us when he gets back on track. Uh, he is, John. He's already gone out on track. He's back. Three minutes and six seconds in pit lane, but he's back out. I just wanted to highlight another thing about that accident. Uh, Richard Heistand was obviously the Ford that caused the collision, but he had Robbie Foley to his outside. Correct. Foley was trying to get back onto track, so the Ford was effectively being squeezed and probably wouldn't have had that much warning from his virtual spotter that there was a car to his right because there was momentum with... Uh, uh, with uh, Bruno Spengler and he was closing so quickly that just a racing incident and so unlucky I'm not, I'm not sure that, that Highstand was in control as he came did, back on actually did, it looks like was there coming in together between Foley and Highstand no I don't think so because Foley was coming back onto the side as uh, we see Spengler now going through the uh, the inner loop and now the outer loop but he's only a couple of laps back and it's, his car looks fully repaired so he may be up to speed but there's just no way barring some ridiculous combination he's going to get anywhere near the top six it's now well, down to him to hope that Nicky Katzberg uh, fight for the first fails he's, he's got he's basically got to do something spectacular to get the laps back hasn't he he's in 40, he's running in 41st position uh, he's running uh, fully well, just over a lap down he's almost two laps two full laps down at the moment and his championship challenge has evaporated at the exit of the first corner extraordinary stuff that we're seeing here in the Conic and Minolta presents IMSA iRacing at the Glen for the final round of our series, Ferrari on Ford that it is the uh, that is the Michelin uh, liveried car going down the inside of the uh, number 40 which is James Pesek and that was a pass for position ahead of them uh, is Lawrence Vanter who started just outside the top 10 uh, and he'll be delighted with that nine. qualifying and he's inside the top 10 now at ninth position and let's not forget that um, we have a drop score so uh, Bruno Spengler will be dropping this score and Correct. therefore is it a sixth position that he has as his lowest score will now count uh, so basically Katzberg still has to do some work he still has to win yeah, Kat Katzberg still, I think, has to win this uh, on count back. That's how it's going to uh, to work out. The finishes for Spengler that will count now at this point will be first, first, second, second, and sixth if he gets no better than how he is at the moment, which, um, if my memory serves, gives him 138 points, I think. I'll check that in a moment. Whereas Katzberg at the moment has a second, a third, a first, and a ninth. He could add a, f and a 28th, he'll want to drop that 28th. So the first position here is super important for Katzberg, but what he's not got to do, Nick Damon, is throw that away now, getting overly excited, where it's going to count is in the last 15, 20 minutes of this race. Exactly, he's got to work out, you know, first of all, what his pit stop strategy is on tyres and, uh, and when to take the stop, and then he's really got to work out what happens big variable when we have the full course course when we have the composition yellow because at that point everybody bunched up again so he's in third he'll be you know a few tenths of a second behind because, because Rodrigo Fluga is 3.6 seconds ahead of John Edwards and then he Katzberg is actually four seconds behind the leader that will disappear 
that will disappear, and that's when he can make his attack. So is he going to save tyres, or is he going to take new tyres? It's all those thoughts which go into his head about how he runs his first part of the race. But he needs to be in the position to have the car in perfect health, him ready to go, the setup working perfectly for him to push in those last 15, 20 minutes. And John, uh, Nicky Katzberg has lost a position on that last lap. Dropped Another behind one. John Edwards. Yeah, know, that happened the lap before. Yeah, that, 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 that happened the last before, lap before going into the, the bus stop. Exactly what we're seeing now with Forley and the BMW teammate, the number 25, uh, alongside him of Conor de Filippi. Oh, Filippi's round the outside going into the inner loop. That's extremely fast there. Yeah, and he, had to, he had to be allowed to do that because otherwise he'd have wiped the front off Foley's car. So uh, Conor was, uh, was uh, certainly aggressive. The Shane Van Gisbergen now comes through uh, up the... Uh, behind of the 96 car Foley as well so Ben Gisbergen looking to pick up that top six position yeah it's extremely quick into that inner loop and the curbs are super flat you could really what I call touring car those curbs you nail all of those curbs you don't hit the second one the, the first of the left handers you go wide from that and then straighten the car up and straight line the exit um, I, I reckon um, I was slightly wrong with that Bruno Spengler sits on 100 and 53 points if he gets no better than sixth position at the moment. 153 uh, at the moment. Now, um, at the moment, Katzberg, his best five scores would give him 122, but he's going to drop that 28 and replace that with something a little bit better. So he's got to be uh, right up in the first or second places to give Spengler a go here, and we'll keep. As I said before, I've got fingers, toes, abacus all out at the moment. But we'll keep you up to date with that as we go on. Robbie Foley in the 96 turn of BMW. The man who's been doing a lot of testing in the new BMW M4 GT4. BMW as a manufacturer in, uh, in full metal racing. Very unusual. Their GT Le Mans, GT3 and GT4 customer racing options all built on different platforms with the uh, M8 for GT Le Mans as we're seeing here uh, the M6 for GT3 and of course the BMW M4 for GT4 that's quite unusual Nick most manufacturers try to put them on the same platform and and either backwards engineer one or upwards engineer another. We see that with Mercedes, with Audi, and a couple of other manufacturers, Aston Martin too, and Ferrari. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, the BMW have a kind of a scattergun approach. Don't forget they were one of the original uh, GT3 manufacturers, one of the early GT3 manufacturers with the BMW Z4, which was one of the early successful um, machines. I mean, certainly, for example, at the uh, Dubai 24 hours. And in fact, still quite competitive in iRacing, where it's been bopped up to modern uh, standards, and it's uh, competitive with all the other GT3s. Uh, that are new, like the Mercedes AMG GT3, the, uh, the Ferrari, and the Audi, which are available on iRacing. But in the GTE class, yeah, the, the uh, BMW is a, is a strange fish in that they, they have so many options of what to race. And of course, much like, of course, in the real world, the BMW does present a bigger footprint of a car, which means it, it suits certain tracks better than others. It's not quite on high speed tracks, it's got a big amount of uh, brick to push for the air, yeah. but it also has a very good wide track, it's a bit of a, a, bit of a, a slight glance against the uh, barrier it's seen there. Coming out of the final corner that's the battle for fourth position with Conor de Filippi, uh, Nicky Katzberg Oh, and he gone wide. And he goes wide That was Conor de Filippi who went wide then, wasn't it? Uh, no, I think that was a lapped car, Nick. Ah. Uh, meanwhile further back down the field, the number 3-0 is Michael Cooper Sorry, I thought that was uh, that was Pezek earlier on, 
but that's the uh, the 30 Michael Cooper who has qualified through uh, via his uh, championship run in the uh, the challenge IMSA series and Gunon with a rather damaged Ferrari after qualifying just outside the top 10 uh, a fantastic run for the Michelin liveried Ferrari Looking at the train behind him, John, he's obviously still got his straight line speed thanks to that slippery Ferrari, but he's that little bit of damage, he's taking a little right, bit of yeah. edge off the performance, hence the reason he's got a truly train behind him to give you a nice mid, mid-noughties uh, F1 reference. He's got himself out the front, but people can't get past him. There's one place that might be able to get past him on the straight. He's got enough straight line speed, but not enough cornering, and it's just backing up, backing up, backing up. And this is the point where drivers have to start thinking about we go early? Do we pit early? Do we do the undercut? That's a real theory. Get stuck behind cars like this. Problem with that is, if you know a competition yellow is going to come at some stage, you put yourself in a position to lose a lap. Coming downhill then, and that braking area at the end of the Grand Prix loop, and now through to turn nine, just over the top of the brow, and that corner just tightens a little bit. The 89 car has certainly been in the wars. He's been. It's uh, going up. Someone's gone up his, um, his, his rear. It's like twice. One on, one on each side. On the whole, if you've been bashed at the back, it isn't your fault, John. Not always, well, but well, on the whole. Well, <laughs> I doubt people are going to break test in this race. Well, I was going to say yes, unless you were on very cold tyres. Massive defence by Gunon, who's trying to hold on to 10th position, coming down to the first corner with the train of cars round the outside. That's Michael Cooper, who's both got ahead for a moment wide. and then both go wide. Track limits there for sure. In behind them, the bright red car uh, is Philippe Albuquerque for Ford, then Corey Lewis for Porsche, then Tristan Nunez for the 77 Mazda Sport machine. Uh, just another Ford further back, and alongside him is... Trenton Estep and Ben Waddell, three Fords together there, and then Matt Bell in the BMW M8. And Richard oh, Albuquerque's oh, gone. Albuquerque's gone he in the wheel of the car. a little bit of a touch on the back of the other Ford, and it was it. the purple Ford held his line, and it was enough to put uh, Albuquerque off Michael, there. That the was hit. Michael Cooper that Nick was talking about there, held, held his line, just to see who have damaged that car, A-rated, I-rating, and licence for that purple car. And at the moment, Gilles Gounon fighting a rear guard action ahead of him. I'm trying to work out. That must be, that is a lapped car ahead of him because the next car on the timing screen is Lawrence Vantor. And that is not a Porsche ahead of him. That's and a blue BMW. A and, yeah. It's the, it's, I think it? it's the 64 car of uh, Owen Trinkler from Team TGM. Owen's a lap or so down. He had an early issue with that car he'll not be happy with that having finally managed to get an entry all of these events by the way have been massively oversubscribed by real world IMSA drivers and their teams and there's been quite a bit of a battle to get into the teams I've certainly known that there's been uh, all kinds of horse trading trying to <laughs> to go on earlier on left hand oh. side of the screen was the replay where Albuquerque got, got uh, tipped around too much curb there into the sand trap as Cooper has now gone through and taken 10th and here comes the Porsche of Corey Lewis through up the uphill Hesses tries to have a look it's a super hard place to pass meanwhile further up the field uh, Robbie Foley Connor De Filippi Shane Van Gisbergen all battling I should have said Shane Van, v- Shane Van Gisbergen who's sitting in 6th Robbie Foley in 5th in the blue and yellow Turner car and then the red 
Connor De Felici, number 25. Katzberg is ahead of them. What, some half a second and more ahead of this battle, which is uh, battling for fourth position. It's, it's stabilised the front, John. It's still just under four second lead for Rigo with, with the, uh, the four. John Edwards is sitting behind him by... Uh, uh, so about, uh, just under four seconds, and then it's a second and a half back to Nicky Katzberg, which is that comfortable distance where you are relaxed, you can, you can pace yourself, you're not putting yourself at any risk. So, for example, if for some reason John made a mistake, you wouldn't get caught up in that accident. You've got a nice gap behind you as well of 2.3 seconds coming to Felipe, who's also another BMW. Very, very comfortable position for Nicky Katzberg in this early part of the race before the pit stops. At Imza Radio, if you want to get in touch with us. Hello to Rich Walker, who says, this is awesome. I can see why I'm up camp. In fact, I can see my tent <laughs> on the back straight. Let's t take a full lap uh, around the circuit with Robbie Foley. Down towards the first corner. Ahead of him is Conor De Felipe. Downhill braking area. Then it bottoms out. Now it's flat out. And you're just shifting on the shift lights. Fifth, starting to climb up the hill. But the revs are still building. Might just snatch sixth here as he gets across the rise. He's right on the limit. It does indeed take sixth gear he's got a lovely run on the bmw ahead of him he's put himself on driver's right which is the wrong side for the right-handed entry to the inner loop and he can't get that down to fourth gear in the middle of the corner straighten it up into the outer loop just hold fourth gear balance balance throttle you should be snatching fifth as you hit the curb on the exit which is exactly what robbie does down into the downhill brick for the left hand i think this is a tricky corner because it's sort of tightens up on you, then back on the accelerator, uphill right-hander coming into the boot now, Nick doesn't like this corner, I love it, it's super late braking, with this configuration of the track and the old concrete section, you use the old concrete to turn you into that and that's the key to that corner, now over the right, difficult to spot your braking point here, as you come down to the next right-hander and you're coming back to the end of the Grand Prix loop now, turn nine, also a little bit of a tricky one, the left-hander that takes you back towards the start finish line and that again is just over the brow easy to get on the throttle too early and you run out of room really quickly there now next corner turn 10 all about momentum try and stay off the curb on the inside but you can run wide but you've got to drag the car back to the left hand side because you're coming through the final corner fourth gear run it all the way out to the wall and get on the throttle as quick as you can and that was a lap around Watkins Glen International in one minute 44.2 seconds courtesy of Robbie Fawley and John, we were looking on board there and you saw he had a, a whole a dashboard full of zeros. That's not what uh, he'll be seeing himself. Robbie will be seeing a lot of information which isn't shown on the onboard. It's obviously that's information that other teams have gathered. He has information on the tyre pressures. He has information on how much fuel's left. He's got information on his uh, uh, sector times. He knows, he knows how he's doing against his, his target time of the lap. He also has uh, the ability to adjust his... Um, his traction control, no ABS on these, on these GTs, of course. We do have traction control. He has a throttle curve he can adjust. There's a lot of on-screen adjustments, which are all illustrated there for the driver, but not for us observing over his shoulder on an onboard shot. Because that is effectively proprietary information. Right, back down through the field. And all kinds of battles are going on. Don't forget, Bruno Spengler, championship leader. Early issue for Spengler still sits in 41st position and he's eight and a half seconds away from 40th which is Nick Bull in the similar M8 GTE Ben Constantinos is watching the pits for us been relatively quiet but there were obviously with more people involved Owen Trinkler I think was involved in that first lap schmozzle uh, as well Ben uh, as the championship leader Bruno Spengler 
We had 10 cars visit the pit lane since the start of the race, uh, some with up to eight and a half minutes worth of work in the pits. Maxwell Hanratty, another Nickel, as you say, Nicholas Bull, Guy Cosmo, Nico Rondo, uh, and uh, others as well. So plenty of chaos in the first couple of laps. Uh, the beauty of uh, my view for my racing is inside the game is I can choose whichever car I want to watch. I can choose whichever angle I want to watch. And I've been following Nicky Katzberg, who has managed to get past and clear John Edwards. John just had a slow uphill uh, through three and four. Katzberg got close enough and uh, slipstreamed his way past. But crucially now, has set off and disappeared. So he's not towing John Edwards any longer, although the gap is 5.1 seconds to our leader. Uh, and let's take a Mazda race rundown as we look through the field here uh, with still uh, an hour and let's call it nine minutes to go. We started with 90 minutes uh, on the clock. We haven't seen Rodrigo Fluke, a pole sitter, for quite some time, but the number 47, the black, red and white Ford, is leading the race by a reasonable margin as we look at the Mazda race rundown. 5.4 seconds, Ford back to BMW in second place. At the moment, Nicky Katzberg is five seconds away from winning the championship. If you want to look at it that way, the number 10 car has around about seven-tenths of a second on his teammate John Edwards in the 23, who runs in his wheel tracks. And I would think he will not be putting too much pressure on Katzberg at the moment. It's another BMW works car in fourth position because behind the 23 of John Edwards is Conor de Filippi in the number 25. That's another one of the red cars. He's another two seconds further back in fifth position. Then the first of the Porsches and it's Shane van Gisbergen, the Kiwi running, excuse me, apologies, in fifth position, it's now Robbie Foley in the 96 BMW, that is the privateer entered the uh, Porsche, Porsche, excuse me, the Turner BMW, then it's Van Gisbergen in sixth, he's made up four positions through all of that carnage, Augustin Canapino is in seventh in the 66 Ferrari in the Juncos colours, again showing that the Ferrari, well in his hands at least, has got the pace to run inside, comfortably inside the top 10. Lawrence Vanto has the works portion of the 912 in eighth position. Lawrence has been working very hard on his sim racing and wanted to do the last race of this season here in the IMSA Pro Series. Ninth position for Kyle Masson. That's his best run of the season so far in the number 38 Ford at GT for Performance Tech Motorsports and in 10th position, rounding off the top 10, the man who's qualified through from his uh, runs in the Challenge uh, Series, Michael Cooper, the number 30 in that uh, very distinctive, shall we say, coloured Porsche uh, in that bright purple. That's your top 10, that's your Mazda race rundown. Fluke elites it by 5.2 seconds. And it is a case where it looks like Nicky Katzberg has kind of slightly pulled the pin. As Ben sees, he's tried to break the toe, so he doesn't want John Edwards hanging on his tail. Much, I think, is it's... The real reason, I think, that he's trying to get a gap is in case he makes a minor mistake and gets it, perhaps gets his tail out, he doesn't get collected by John, uh, you know, immediately following too closely. He also just want to make it too easy for him to catch back up again. Uh, Fluker, 5.1 seconds ahead. Katzberg, uh, from Katzberg. Edwards back a further 6 tenths, 5.7. Then Claude Philippe in another BMW, back 2.7 and then 8.3 seconds off, 8.8 seconds off the lead 
very close to Connick from Foley for another BMW. You can see Robbie through the window, through the windscreen of Shane Van Gisbergen. It's a pretty decent battle going on just outside the top ten as well, with Ben Waddell, Matt Bell and Richard Westbrook running. Actually, Richard's just dropped off the back a little bit, so it's Tristan Nunes, Ben Waddell and Matt Bell. That's the 77 car in 14th position as it's all getting a bit exciting uh, further up as well. Look at that. <laughs> with Robbie Foley for a moment alongside the number 25 of Comedy Philippe with Shane Van Gisbergen deciding, uh, unusually for Shane, yes, the discretion I, was better part of Butler. He had a good old think, he's in the middle and they went, this is not going to work out well, whatever <laughs> happens here. Uh, it's rather, really, it was, it was which car he was going to take with him, so he just eased back off. What, what do we know, though, Ben, uh, about Van Gisbergen is that he is supreme at having pace in the car towards the last, you know, 25, 30 minutes of the race. And frankly, after we've had a competition caution, that's when it counts. And Van Gisbergen's been brilliant at that so far. Yeah, we spoke about this last uh, race to kind of preserve yourself until that last blast, because there's no point building a massive advantage now. You know that the caution is going to come and squeeze the field up. So, OK, Fluka has got 5.2 second advantage right now, but Casper won't be worried about that because he'll know that that will Constantine up for the caution. Then just make sure your car is as good as possible after the caution and then set about fighting. So this is why I think we're seeing this very, very close battle, but only passing when a mistake is made. 43-9 last time around by the leader, 43-9 last time around by the 41st position car, the number seven of Bruno Spengler. So Spengler's car, Nick, has got pace uh, and he's sitting just on the end, I reckon, uh, of the lead lap. What, he's on lap 14, yes, just on the end of the lead lap. It's once again, Foley tries round the outside into the inner loop, driver's left, he's not going to get that done. He's got to get to the other side of the track earlier up the run from the uphill S's. Oh, now though, the... BMW in front of him's got a little wide coming out of the outer loop. Now it's side by side in the downhill left-hander at turn six. And they're still side by side, exactly as Nick Damon said when we were talking about the Porsche keys to the race. Three, four corners. You're going to have to plan this out into the boot. Uphill, right-hander, and here comes Van Gisberg, and he's picked his picked his time to pick the pass will he be able to drag through behind Robbie Foley as they go into the right hander at turn 8 the other end of the boot and well Foley's got through but Van Gisbergen again being very sensible Nick yeah 3 or 4 corner pass it was kind of built really on the, the error that, uh, that Connor made coming out and going through the outer loop and switching back before going down the chute into the boot um, nice move though by uh, Foley. Fair just held his line and eventually the corners came to him and he had the inside line. Shane Van Gisbergen almost managed to get the, uh, the run through and follow him back, but again, just that half car not far enough. But nope, I'll back, back off and see what happens next. So, a very well driven couple of corners. So, it was fired by a mistake of Connor Foley being the opposite of that, but now he is the person with the, uh, with the drag with the stick up the hill and can he get Foley back again? Or will Van Gisbergen now go for it because there isn't a car, two cars ahead and there's just one? Let's find out. Two corners to go. Up through the uphill S's into sixth gear just before the brow of the hill. Van Gisbergen just dropped his right-hand side. Michelin's off onto the dirt. He's got a good run. He's in the hole in the air being made by Conor de Filippi's BMW, but he doesn't get anywhere near dragging past there. 
And these three, remember, are battling for fourth position. The blue and yellow of Turner Car in fourth. The red BMW in fifth. That's Felipe and Van Gisbergen in the multicoloured, but let's call it the yellow fronted car. That's a Ian Vassar Sullivan ended car. We've seen Ian Vassar Sullivan with as many as uh, five different cars and three different manufacturers in previous races. Three manufacturers in the same race and down the inside at the outer loop for, excuse me, at the top of the boot for. Van Gisbergen, that was a cheeky little manoeuvre, couldn't quite get to the apex of that uphill right-hander. You can do a block pass there if you go in there and claim the inside line. Van Gisbergen tried it, but I've got to say, Felipe was very, very late on the brakes there. With these three cars so close, I mean, there's a possibility that Van Gisbergen could be being exceptionally clever and doing some fuel save, John. If he saves some fuel, because he's obviously in the slipstream, he's using less, a bit of lift and coast, you can save anything up to 6% of your fuel a lap which adds up pretty quickly to a couple of seconds less of fuel filled during your stop, which is all you need to hop these, the, the car ahead of you. So you may be looking to get a bit of track position by using uh, less fuel. Just a, a quick note for a few people further down the top 20. Matt Bell's had a decent run. He's up to 16th position in Rebel Rock Racing, number 71. Now, there is the current points leader, Nicky Katzberg, second place. And with a sixth place finish, being the best that Spengler can take through as his fifth score out of six, with him sitting down in 41st position at the moment. That will be enough for him to take the championship. He'll sit in second position, or first position rather, ahead of Bruno Spengler, who is actually now up to 39th. He's made a couple of places on the last lap. He's got ahead of he was catching Nick Bull wasn't he and uh, Nick Bull's gone ahead of Blake Mount and Spengler's gone ahead of the pair of them so 16 seconds up the road is Guy Cosmo I think what Spengler's got to do here and I'll be interested to hear what you guys think of this and uh, those of you watching at him's the radio Spengler's got to hit the pits the very very moment that he thinks he can make it to the end and then stay out when the full cut course competition caution comes and try and get his lap back there's no wave buys here so it makes it a little bit more difficult but he's got to nick try and get that track position so tactics wise he's got to do something differently yeah i mean he's, he's in the three minute penalty uh, in the first half instance and so he is suffering badly on that front he really is now clutching at straws he needs some a few things to come his way oh. and he needs to uh, find the say the competition caution for the right point after his, immediately after his pit stop really. uh but Giesbergen has fans. Giesbergen just pitted. No, no, he's just going across the line. Okay, sorry. Um, quick thing, I don't, want to, I don't want to argue with our caption, but I don't believe that Nicky Katzberg is leading the championship. Really? He needs to win. He's only on, he's on 119 plus 32 points, which is 151. And Bruno Spengler... Well, it's not 100. Uh, 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 you, you're taking his best four. His best four is 122 minus three. The three got the 119. Yeah. So 119 plus 32 is 51, and Spengler's on 53. He needs to win. Right, OK. Because there's no other score to drop now from no. Spengler. That would be yeah. his score. OK. We have seen the first of our stops. Richard Westbrook coming in a few laps ago, followed by Matt Griffin. Westy did a 32.3 second stop. Um, Matt Griffin did a 46. I didn't catch Westy's uh, full stop, so I don't know what he did with tyres. But Griffin certainly went all four. Matt Griffin, who's been working really hard, uh, has 
even tried to he's updated his uh, he's updated his monitor to get a uh, less latency rate he's got a quicker refresh trying to help things out uh, Spengler trying to stay ahead of Nicky Katzberg here these are the two cars battling for the championship now Fluke has already gone through the leader of the race and this is not bad tactics actually from Spengler because he's putting time in, into Fluke Fluke is building up a lead on Katzberg at the moment. Yeah, it's not its not really cricket though, is it? You are He's about to be lapped for the second time and um, you need to let the driver go. I mean, it's, yes, it's a championship. Yes, it's busy. Your teammate, you should be letting him go. There's a blue flag in the top left corner of your screen. You know he's there. You know what's going on. But I suppose, you know, they are teammates. They're going to have a chat about it later. But this is not what should happen really in a, uh, a fair fight. Well, flashing of the lights now by Katzberg. Three miles now faster. And he, he, yes, absolutely, gives you 40 horsepower, that. Tries to go around the outside into the inner loop, sitting in behind John Edwards. It was a 44-2 last time for Katzberg Fluke. It did a 43-7, so half a second lost to the leader, and the gap is now seven and a half seconds. Remember, competition caution still to come. Behind them, Foley to Filippi and Shane van Giesberg and BMW, BMW uh, and Porsche for fourth, fifth and sixth, still scrapping it out. Yeah, I mean, it, it is as close as it can be amongst these, these two sets of three we have. Of course, Spengler, of course, is actually about to go two laps down. The second battle here, there's Foley, Di Filippi and Van Gisberg and fight. All of this, of course, really is a kind of a, a kind of a, an aperitif, isn't it, to the major events we will see once we've got through the pit stops and the competition yellow, when they're all unleashed for that final few minutes, the final half hour, when they aren't holding back for any reason. More pit stops as one or two of the lower runners dive into the pit lane. Mason Felipe in the 98 Ferrari, that uh, light blue car coming in. James French in the Ford, number 45 in uh, as well. Let's remind you of our Porsche keys to the race. We've got 55 minutes to go. You can get to the end on a tank of fuel and a new set of Michelins from here. We said start smart, stay smart in our Porsche keys to the race and unfortunately for Bruno Spengler the championship leader that lasted for about one corner it all went horribly wrong pick your passes we said and well we've seen everybody playing fair at the moment there's been precious little contact whilst overtaking has been going on we've yet to see how the tyre strategy will play out two four none who knows and finally the championship contenders and Richard Highstand got involved in the championship battle unknowingly, unwittingly, but certainly very, very much has affected Nicky uh, Katzberg, although positively for Katzberg, negatively, of course, for Spengler. My feeling is that Spengler, who was looking quite impassive in that picture we saw uh, earlier, is absolutely livid, and he's now driving angry because, of course, the reason he is two laps down is not his fault. It was you know, the result of a kind of misunderstanding, a kerfuffle between uh, High Stand and, and Foley. But realistically, Bruno should let those cars through. But he's currently driving angry, driving well, because he's running at the pace and he's pretty premium at the pace. But you know, these guys are two laps ahead, and, and I do get my kind of my purist hat on at this point say so, yeah whatever 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 you let them through well Richard Westbrook remember Ben told us that he pitted a little while ago I'm going to suggest he put tyres on he's just in a 44-2 last time around he's down in 31st position uh, in the 
forward, Philip Albuquerque just in a 44-4, and Fluker at the front of the field, the 44-0, and then a 44-8. So they are quick, and at the moment, Katzberg, Ben Constantinus is being held up by Bruno Spengler. Yeah, actually, Fluker's last lap was a poor one, a 44-8 from Fluker, but... 44-0 uh, before that, can... yeah. Exactly, 44-0, and Katzberg is doing 44 eights uh, and 44 sixes he is way way faster especially through the inner loop and he catches right up the tail through here bouncing across the curves he gains so much time he's not quite close enough here but then he tries to go down the inside of the outer loop and there is no space to do it there's just he's just oh now he peels off that's interesting he's finally peeled away i wonder if he's been spoken to by the bmw motorsport team they take this very seriously Indeed, they do have race engineers, and Nick, you, you, you can have voice communication or text communication, but certainly he, he may well have got quote-unquote a radio message there from the BMW engineering team. There's very little reason for him to block for two laps and then stop, unless someone said, um, yeah, you proved it, we know you're quick, you know it's not your fault, can you let him go, because you just cause you a problem, which could result in you know, us looking very silly. I mean, you know, a BMW is going to win, but they want to win the correct way, and, you know, a Fluker v Katzberg fight will be for both for the victory and for the championship. Yeah, agreed. Fluker, 7.1 seconds to the good. Lost a tenth of a second on the previous lap to the one before. And remember, these cars have not stopped at the sharp end of the field. Uh, the first pit stopper, by my reckoning, is Scott Hargrove down in 25th position but we're seeing decent times for those who put tyres on further back down the field including as I said Richard Westbrook uh, who did a 44-2 then a 44-5 so Westy lapping at the same sort of pace as the leaders with that uh, full tank of fuel to get them to the end of the race yeah I mean the fresh tyres really do help for two or three laps, even even, even a pair, you've got a bit of extra um, uh, grip on them. Most, most of the cars do run very, very large amount of camber, John, so they, you do kind of lose that inner edge relatively quickly after two or three laps, and so that's why often qualifying sets are quite a lot faster in iRacing. Now, this is what I was hoping wasn't going to happen, the 53 and 54 car <laughs> running together. That's Riley Dick Inson and Dakota Dick Urson uh, in 53 and 54 Porsche and Ford together a couple of uh, good young American drivers in the real world who have oh and oh. a mistake for the 53 which is right shall I just say Riley was it would that, be easier was Dakota wasn't it uh, 50, the Porsche Dakota or am I wrong uh, no the, the Porsche's Riley okay. for the most speed he's behind now <laughs> yeah the, the most speed um, sort of scratch marks claw marks are over the front of the of the wheel archers giving away most speed a big Porsche exponent in the uh, GT3 Cup challenge by IMSA remember ooh, Ford running without a front end there and peeling off into the pit so this is the battle for fourth position going across the line under 50 minutes to go now that was Guy Cosmo I think coming into the pits followed in by the number 40 which I thought uh, was further up the field earlier on the other purple uh, Ford that's James Pesek uh, with a little bit of black on that car, and already the nose being replaced on Guy Cosmo's car. Shane Van Gisbergen is, is, is faking a lot. He's looking out, he's trying to unsee.
settle Ricardo uh, Felipe, but I don't think he's actually that serious about going for a move here. Look what's happening sitting in the slipstream, saving a bit of fuel, making Connor work for it. Obviously, Connor makes a mistake on slip three. He's, yeah, he's, he's moving left, he's moving right, he's just letting him know he's there. But a couple of times he could have had a half move, which he's not bothered with. So I think he's very happy where things are. I think he's got a confidence he can jump these two in the pit stops, and then, of course, we get, he'll get brought back up to the, to the leaders when we have the competition yellow. Uh, and in comes 48, the 48 Porsche, which is Corey Lewis for Paul Miller Racing. Hello, everybody, at Paul Miller Racing. Heard the news that they won't be in Florida for the full metal insert start to the season with the Paul Revere 2L40, effectively, on July the 4th. And the Sebring race, we offer our best wishes to the Paul Miller team and all their connections and we hope to see them later on in the IMSA racing year. Here comes Van Gisberg in turn nine, gets the inside run, there's a little touch as he pushes the BMW slightly wide but he's got the inside line to turn ten and clears the number 25 of Conor de Filippi, that's Van Gisbergen up into fifth place. Super move, got finally, a lovely run off yeah, eight. finally saw a slight, oh he's gone way too wide coming into the... Uh, and was that Filippi pitting there? Yes, Felipe's pitted, yep. uh, and also coming in Robbie Forley as well, Ben Constantiris. Yeah, four cars coming in. Look at that. Most of the field coming in together there. Uh, a split strategy so far, a 45-second stop for many, and then some have done 35-second stops. As so that's saw two tyres of four. Oh, that... Conor de Felipe's had to reverse backwards. He's missed his slot, so that'll oh. be a slow pit stop for him. Canapino uh, yes, came in. Vanto came in and Michael Cooper came in. So that's 6th through to 11th, all in the pit. Sorry, Ben. Those, those times you were talking about, is that the difference between uh, fuel and uh, four tyres and fuel and two tyres? I think it is. I think it's two tyres versus four tyres. So BMW at the back there dropping off the jacks and uh, firing away. Uh, that's going to update on my screen in just a second. Uh, but a lot of these guys going for the full 45-second stop by the looks of things. And of course, if you've got a bit of damage as well, the, uh, uh, the, the, that will take a little bit of time to repair. John Edwards, 45-3. Robbie Foley, 45-6. Conor De Filippi, 46-0. Canapino, 43-8. Uh, also, they've all gone four tyres at the moment. Van Thor, 47-6 as well. Um, so nobody going for the two tyres in that particular battle. John Edwards then, the first of the pit stoppers now, is down in 11th position and is a minute 11, call it a minute 12, although getting up to speed, away from the leader who comes into the pit lane now with 46 minutes to go. So Nicky's well inside the window to get to the end and he's pushed it pretty much as far as he can do. It's pretty much half distance, isn't they, it? They have literally cut the race in half. I think it is, it is mostly because they probably have decided they're going to take four tyres as in comes the... Uh, the erstwhile second place and potential winner of the race and the championship, Nicky Katzberg, uh, from second place. And he's stopping. And, and Shane Van Gisbergen also comes in from a scored third, though probably he won't come out in third. And Carl Masson from a scored fourth. So, yeah, I mean, they've split it in half. They are probably therefore thinking they're getting used to their boots on. And, of course, they're now just waiting for the competition yellow. Philippe Albuquerque, if he stays out, might just inherit the lead here in the 31. And remember, we saw him going the wrong way, and he has done. Uh, he was tipped around in the inner loop earlier on. So Philippe Albuquerque in the wheel and uh, red and white Ford GTE has gone through to the lead. And it's a bit of a what if for him. He's still got his pit stop to make. 
But remember, he was facing backwards in the inner loop while he was battling inside the top ten earlier on. Yeah, got a little, uh, I think it's Robbie Foley, got a little touch on with Foley, and he just, unfortunately, you can sometimes. You, you, weirdly, the physics sometimes sends a car off where you don't think it's going to do. The second-place car spun off to the right, but he's obviously he's net in the lead. He's going to have to make a stop. And it, when they all queue back up again after safety car goes off, he won't be that far in time. But how many cars back he'll be in the queue? Well, Rodrigo Fluga has come out ahead of Kyle Masson. John Edwards, Nicky Katzberg's dropped out to fifth in that pit stop shuffle. Ben Constanturis was watching the leaders in the pit lane. Albuquerque is 28 and a half seconds. He can't get in and out and put tyres on in that time. But if he only does fuel, he might be able to hold an advantage or jump some positions. What's Fluke, Besson, Edwards, Katzbergen and Van Gisbergen? What has their pit stops been in terms of two or four tyres that we talked about in the Porsche keys to the race, Ben? Well, Fluka was stopped for a long time, 47.7 seconds, but somehow he was five seconds faster through the full pit lane than Nicky Katzberg and John Edwards. I don't know how he's managed to do that. Uh, Katzberg with a 108.1, John Edwards with a 108.2, but crucially has had a much faster outlap and That's got four back tires. ahead of Nick Katzberg. They've all got four tyres on, yeah. That's pretty clear. Kyle Masson is a surprise because he has only just... Uh, stopped by the looks of things, but he only stopped for 24 seconds. So that's fuel only. So that's why he's got it. And the yellows out. The yellows come out as well. Competition yellow as Philippe Albuquerque went into the pit lane. This is the competition yellow. And here comes Fluka, so he'll go back into the lead. Where is Albuquerque? He's still on the pit lane in the wheeling car. He, are they going to put tyres on that? He's, he's lost the lead. Oh, if he could have. You know, could he. They would have closed the pit lane, of course. He wouldn't have got in. So through has gone Fluke and Masson, Edwards, Katzberg. The Porsche safety car is out. And that was Spengler getting a lap back. Spengler's been waved by. So Spengler's got his lap, uh, one of his laps back. Now, has he stopped? And where's he got up to? He's up to 33rd position. And he will be back on the lead lap at the end of this lap, but he'll also pit stop. Uh, he has, let me see, where did I say he was? Third Spengler has stopped twice, okay, so he has, he's going to get back on the end of the lead lap here, Nick, I reckon. Yeah, I mean, this is a, 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 the, the perfect result from as far as catching up, but it's still going to be the end of the lead lap is, you know, 28th to 30th place, and you've got to get past all those cars and up past sixth place. It's just not going to happen unless something amazing happens. So, competition yellow is out. We have 42 and a half minutes to go, just over half distance. The championship is on the line for Connick and Minolta Presents. IMSA iRacing at the Glen. Well, gentlemen, I am not even sure we can call this yes, even with all the drama that we've had. Early on in this race, Spengler uh, will two around to the end of the field. I think he has done in both his pit stops as Nick, or has done his uh, second pit stop as Nick has alluded. And he will come round then at the end of this lap to have completed 26 laps, which is what all the leaders have done. He'll be on the back end of the field. There are some cars... 
Well, there are some cars who have not yet made their pit stops, notably Daniel Dye, who's up in 11th. And when the pit lane opens, surely he'll dive into the pit lane. But at the moment, Rodrigo Fluka leads from Masson, from Edwards, Nicky Katzberg, fourth position, best of the two championship contenders. But Spengler is now, I reckon, Nick Damon, back on the lead lap. Yep, it certainly is. He's back on the lead lap. If he's back at the end of the queue, he will... He's fueled and tired to the end. He will rejoin in probably about 30, net 30 seconds when the final pit stopper happens. He'll drop behind them. So he just has to get past uh, at least 26 cars to make up a position. Um, the big loser out of that pit stop uh, cycle, of course, is Nicky Katzberg. Went from second to fourth. Carl Masson has not put on tyres, as Ben has told us, which means he's not going to be as quick. He has another Ford in front of him, and therefore he will be holding them up, probably. Now, Rodrigo Fluker, Ben, we've seen him being very good in qualifying, very good in the first half of the race. This is the first time we've seen him back at the front of the field after his pit stops. He struggled in the pit stops. He's taken longer in the pit stops sometimes uh, in terms of maybe not getting his pit or maybe getting damage repaired that he didn't need to. Hmm. So he's at the front of the field. Let's let's go back to our championship scenario. We talked about this earlier on. For Katzberg, he needs to win this race and Spengler to be sixth or worse, uh, with dropped scores playing into this at the moment. Uh, we've got a situation where Spengler's worst haul of points, Nick Damon. Uh, you reckon is is what he's sitting on, which is 153. It's the worst Thank he you. can get. It's 153. Okay. And currently, Nicky Katzberg has 119. If you take away his VIR failure, which was a 28th position. Yeah. So Spengler's only got a sixth to lose. So if he finishes lower than that, it's not going to make any difference. Katzberg can't afford to tie. He must win on points because if it's a tie, Spengler has two wins, and if uh, Katzberg. Uh, even if he wins, his fourth best score is only a third, whereas Spengler's got two seconds to back up his two wins. So he must win this on points. We can't have a points tie if Katzberg is to win. If he wins and Spengler doesn't finish in the top six, he will win the championship by one point. 154 to 153. That's the only way he can win. Spengler not being in the top six unless there's a massive accident by every single car from about position 7 to 17 is, is not going to happen. So it's now all about whether Katzberg can get past John Edwards, can get past Karl Masson, and by the time he got past both of those, if he can get anywhere near Rodrigo Flugas. My belief is with Masson on old tyres, he's going to be slowing them up. We know a slight speed disadvantage, whilst unable Flugas to get away, is still really hard to overtake, John. Ben Edwards, thought from you as we're about to go green for the... Ben Edwards, Ben Constantiris. A quick thought from you as we're about to go green. Two Fords at the front of the field, one with new tyres, one without. Yeah, Fluka did a great job in the pit lane. Five seconds faster throughout the whole lane. How he did it, I can't see it, but certainly Karmason has not changed tyres. That's how he's jumped up to second position. Not what Katzberg needed with four cars away from the lead. I thought he would come... At be in this caution period in second he's now in fourth he's got to pass two cars to get anywhere near fluka he doesn't want to let fluka get away and start dominating like he did the first part of the race right well, where and we've got a lapped car in there as well one of the av 
uh, S in Vassar Sullivan. It's the 140 of Aaron Tealitz uh, in the BMW. He's sitting right in behind the leader. So Fluke has even got a little bit of a tail end. Charlie behind him. The green flag is out. There are 37 and a half minutes left of the IMSA High Racing Pro Invitational season for 2020 and Rodrigo Fluger is looking for his first victory on the season got plenty of pole positions he hasn't managed to convert them the championship battle sits behind him with Kyle Masson, John Edwards and Nicky Katzberg Ford, BMW and BMW Katzberg simple for him to win the championship by one point he has to win this race he's been good in the second half of the race and Fluger hasn't been good in the second half of the race in previous events but we can't have is John Edwards holding him up for too long into the inner loop then and still the Kyle Masson red and black Ford holding up the BMWs but at least well uh, Van Gisbergen's made up a position there he's got ahead of Robbie Foley in that uh, pit stop cycle and he's got Katzberg as well he goes past Katzberg that's terrible news for the championship leader Ben yeah, absolutely. That was a nice move. Katzberg was a bit squirrely on the outer loop, and he may even lose a position here uh, to Robbie Foley in the background, and Foley's going to get at least the inside there, but uh, it's all a bit complicated right now. Heading. Sorry, Nick, go Katzberg's ahead. has got back past Gavin Van Gisberg. The thing to remember, John, is they're back on cold tyres again because they came out of the pits on fresh tyres. They tootled around. They might have taken the shine off, and that was it, but now they're trying to push hard on cold tyres. It's up the inside of um is it Carl Masson, yeah looking to get the inside of Masson there. And I'm not sure if he's gonna make it or not there for, to the uh, Katzberg, but Katzberg then moving third behind Edwards uh, and Bergen's round the outside. That's a brave manoeuvre, good driving by Carl Masson, but you can see even in this early part of the running he does not have the grip from centre oh. off the corners three wide across the start finish line down the inside the 25 BMW of Conor de Filippi and Kyle Masson from second down to seventh as Foley's gone through as well here comes Canapino in the green white and red machine and he's gone through so Masson now down to eighth and Lawrence Vanter sniffing around the back or at least he will be shortly he's the next car further back so Masson really struggling for grip even in this early running as we've gone back to green. I think it just goes to show that the, uh, the way to go was, was four tyres, the two tyre strategy, which stuck him into second place. Obviously gave him probably seven or eight track positions. He's going to lose him much, much more quickly than that. And, and the other cars have all taken four tyres and slowly swallow him up. The new tyre, in fact, he spun off behind um, Canapino there. So in fact, just off camera, Masson. Masson span off and away. Looks like he's got some damage uh, as well. Now, Spengler has restarted and he's got damage on the nose of that car so there's been a little bit of bump and run he's up to 23rd position 1.8 seconds away from Scott Hargrove in a similar car ahead of him in 22nd but there's definitely some damage on the nose of that BMW now we say this every time but people are coming to the iRacing Pro Invitational the IMSA iRacing Pro Invitational all the time as well damage on the car that we can see is bad because we can see it it's probably Nick even worse for the driver because 
not all damage can be seen here. Yes, it's a really good point. There's, there's inv invisible damage. You, you, you clip something, you think, oh, that's fine, and suddenly you find your steering wheel isn't quite straight, or you've lost five miles now down the straight. Now, actually, that, that lower fender, sort of lower nose derangement that uh, Spengler had isn't always bad news. That could be a relatively sort of medium tack that's only slightly deranged. It won't be causing too much trouble, but you don't know exactly how the computer's calculated the accident he had. Matt Bell in the top 20 in the urban grid coloured Rebel Rock Racing 71 BMW and he is chasing Kyle Masson. Masson down to 17th position, lost remember, uh, lost remember what, seven of those positions without falling off the track the rest of the nick because he's been into the into the green and into the, oh and there was a lot of going into the inner loop there, still a little a bit of tyre smoke, and that's another one of the Fords that was having trouble there. I think Ooh, that was James out. Pesek. So Masson sort of eased out the, uh, the Le Mans coloured Ford. That's uh, painted in very traditional Le Mans colours of the Ford GT. And Van Gisbergen's got past Katzberg, which is very bad news for uh, for Nicky. It's it just uh, uh, positioning here. Rodrigo Fluke is leading by just a second from John Edwards in the BMW. Then it's two seconds back to Shane Van Gisbergen, who is just a quarter of a second ahead of Nicky Katzberg. As two cars have had a massive right. incident there, including the number two, is that? That was the downhill left-hander after the short shoot. That's turn number six. Uh, and that was the Porsche of Nico Rondé. Peregrine Racing, Carbon Auto Works car. I'm pretty certain that blue yeah, car. Yeah, that was the two car, yep. And another car stuck in the barrier. And there was a Ford way. in there as well. It might have, was it Westbrook? Didn't look like Westbrook's colour. I'm not saying it wasn't, man. It's that light blue colour car. Ah, no, it was James French. It was James French in the 45. Apologies. Van Gisbergen, fastest lap of the race last time around. Here it is again. SVG finds pace when he needs it. He's only three seconds away from the leader in the 97. Porsche 991 RSR and James Pesek's gone around and joins right oh. in front of one of the BMWs. That's the Invasa Sullivan car. Which already didn't have a bonnet and now it doesn't have a bonnet twice. Oh, that's a very, very untidy rejoin there. Katzberg down into fourth as Van Gisbergen is four tenths of a second away. Remember, by our rudimentary calculations, by ours, I'm pointing the finger Thank at Nick Dearman. Katz. <laughs> um, <laughs> Katzberg has to win this race, even with Spengler all the way down the field on count back. He can't win it if the scores are tied, so he must win this race. Uh, and at the moment, it's going away from him, but there's still half an hour to go. There's an ebb and flow. And the interesting thing we have learnt, John, is about tyre degradation. Because Karl Masson had run his, his, his tyres for 45 minutes and they were shot compared to the new tyres. If you can save tyres, Obviously, you will have more speed at the end. So perhaps Nicky Katzberg at this point is thinking, right, I need to settle down. Van Gisbergen has got the pace for now, but I have a chance to come back. What was interesting about that, of course, is he'd been in the pits, he'd allowed the tyres to cool down and then give them the second shot. They didn't get the second heat, heat cycle, if you will. Robert Wiggins up inside the top 30 in the Faf Porsche with the uh, plaid colours. Of the Canadian Lumberjack. Oh, 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 to join him. <laughs> He's thrown the car off the circuit, throws his head back in disbelief. There was a little glance over when we went to him. I think he knew we were on board with him, and it may have just taken his concentration for a moment. 
and he'll have to come into the pit lane well he fought his way up inside the top 30 after a, a not great qualifying a non-scoring qualifying two off tracks no laps recorded correct absolutely right another fastest time for Shane van Gisbergen he's he's purpled the whole series again and gained about uh, four tenths a second the gap now to second place John Edwards is 1.2 seconds John. well John Edwards put his fastest lap of the race in last time around Ben Edwards is watching the times throughout the field Ben what do you got uh, yeah, I and mean, then look at the times. Look how fast they are. Before we had the pit stops, they were we were doing 44 zeros if we were lucky. I think Katzberg was doing 44 eights in traffic. We're now the fastest lap of the race at 42 eights from Van Gisbergen. Way better, yeah. way faster on these tyres. Proving that they do degrade a lot, and if you can preserve them and have some speed at the end of the race, as you were saying, John, it's going to be key. Well, take a look at the top 10 for you as we go through the race on the Mazda race rundown in a moment. But let's remind you of our Porsche keys to the race. In the Michelin countdown to green, and before the start of the race, we set this out. Smart start, smart race. That's not what happened for Bruno Spengler. He's paying the price right now. Pick your passes. Well, actually, Nick Damon, the passes have been picked pretty much perfectly. We have not had incident when there has been side-by-side -side action. Yeah, we've seen those two, three, four corner passes, people people waiting for their time, people waiting for the accident, not forcing that. We haven't seen the nudgy passes we've seen in previous races. People actually waiting for someone to actually make a minor mistake and then done it the inside. So great overtaking, not a great start for some of the drivers earlier, though. Uh, ben, two or four tyres. We've seen no tyres, but that didn't work for Carl Masson. No, absolutely not. So it didn't work. Interesting to see uh, if uh, Richard Westbrook, who was another one who seemed to take less tyres uh, how he's getting on uh, but certainly by the looking at the times four tyres was the only really way to go and we talked about the championship contenders and getting involved well everybody's being fairly respectful of Nicky Katzberg and to be fair Richard Highstand who was involved with that incident in, uh, with Spengler on the first uh, exit of the first corner and uh, that certainly wasn't deliberate Highstand was having his own moment trying to get back on the track. All right, let's go through the field with our Mazda race rundown. Rodrigo Fluker from pole position, by far his best race of the championship so far. We've seen him on pole, we've seen him lead, we've not seen him come out after the pit stop with the kind of pace that he's got here. The man from Peru in the 47 leading out by not a comfortable margin, but two seconds will do him for performance, uh, precision performance motorsport. Second, for John Edwards for BMW, he's got just two tenths in that 23 car ahead of the charging 97 in Vassar Sullivan Porsche of Shane Van Gisbergen. Gizzy always very quick indeed at the last part of the race. Then it's another couple of BMWs. Championship contender Nicky Katzberg needs to find four seconds to get to the front of the field, but at the moment he's worried much more, I would think, about the three tenths that Robbie Foley for Turner Motorsport is sitting behind him. Another good run from the 96 team and Robbie Foley. Just outside the top five at six, it's another BMW, Conor De Filippi in the number 25 car with a bit of space ahead of him and a bit of space back to the first of the Ferraris. Argentinian touring car champion, Augustin Canapino, has raced in IMSA in DPI for Juncos and has that number 66 in seventh position. He's only 6.2 seconds away from the lead. Three seconds further back, Lawrence Van Tour, second best to the Porsches, and the only works driver from the Porsche GT team is in eighth position in the 912. Rounding off 
at the top 10. Jules Gounon in the number 24 in ninth, the BMW. And behind him, Jules Gounon, another one of the Ferraris. Jules still, well, he had damaged car earlier on and he was fighting a bit of a rear guard action. Uh, it's still a little bit damaged, but not as bad as it's it was a, earlier on. repair during it. You can get a bit of a free repair during a four-tire stop. I think you get nine or ten seconds. It's got a quite a generous repair model fitted into this particular championship. Some of the championships are quite quite cruel. You go off, we hit a barrier, and you've got 15 minutes of repairs. This one, it's a little bit more generous. Um, so he's had himself cleaned up, and he'd be getting a nice, better aero balance. So Meister Race run down for the top ten. Corey Lewis, Shinja Mishimi, Tristan Nunes, Riley Dickinson, and Michael Cooper, the next oh. five back. And back to Michael Cooper. Still like 21 seconds away from the lead, so mistakes or any issues could be a problem. A fastest lap of the race. Uh, 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 in second. second. Sorry, a, a fastest lap of his race for Rodrigo Fluger. He's had to get a wiggle on, and the reason for that is Van Gisbergen is now starting to chase him down. And Bruno Spengler, on his comeback drive from uh, 44th and dead last, he's now up to 17th. He's overtaken about eight cars since the restart. So he's pushing hard, hoping for a massive accident in the midfield. But uh, at the moment, the work has been done by Shane Van Gisbergen and uh, Rodrigo Fluke because they are absolutely blocking the chance of Nicky Katzberg winning this race. And it won't matter where Bruno finishes if Nicky doesn't win. Yeah, very good. Spengler then, uh, he will know that he's got to keep putting pressure on uh, his points total at the moment. Remember, the championship is the best five of six championship finishes. Just to allow for anybody who perhaps didn't get six entries. They've all been oversubscribed. We can start a max maximum of 50 cars. I think the most we had was about 75 entries uh, in the uh, first couple of three races. People caught on to this very quickly, and it's been a real winner for IMSA and iRacing. Uh, we've said this before, but thanks very much indeed to Drew, Cisco, and the rest of the team who've been our colleagues and kept us with great pictures and lots of information coming through my ears as well from the guys in Boston, Massachusetts at iRacing HQ. Down the inside for Scott Hargrove in the BMW, the green and black car. That's the uh, full torque gear sponsored machine if you look carefully you'll see a radio show limited logo on there because they are clothing partners the interesting thing actually just a, as a, a visual observation is the um, the bmws always look like bmws and the ferraris look like ferraris and the porsches all like porsches but depending how you paint the fours they can look completely differently Agreed. certainly coming towards you i was looking for what's oh it's a four but they painted the the nostrils differently and whether you have different colors the uh, black and uh, uh red one coming towards it almost looks like he's got a nose shape like a lmp1 car a few years ago yeah really very weird very cleverly done andy blackmore renowned livery and graphic artist who in fact works with full talk gear and that's uh, black and green cars one of the eight designs he has uh, in the race he can give you chapter and verse about all of that he designs our t-shirts uh, as well and it's amazing when you hear andy talking we've had him on before in the past on IMSA Radio. Hopefully, we'll get to see him at a track sometime this year. Talk about how you can use contrast colours and highlight colours to either hide the shape of a car or accentuate it. And that's exactly what Nick's talking about. This is a nice run from Scott Hargrove, who had an absolute heartbreak uh, in one of the earlier rounds when he was running a Porsche, in fact. Uh, that was at VIR. 
and he was well inside the top ten. I think he was seventh, yeah. and the engine blew with a lap to go. Annoying bit of muddling there, but you can blow your engines. Even though these cars do have um, uh, rev limiters on them, it's still yeah. possible to blow your engine. Often with over-aggressive downshifts, but it is quite rare that it has happened. Yeah, but with a lap to go, you've got to feel it wasn't well, your day. The engine was tired that <laughs> 20 minutes works. Now, at the front, Rodrigo Fluke is just pulling away at three-tenths faster than Shane Van Gisbergen that time round, who was actually this, a little bit slower than John Edwards, who was uh, sorry, a little bit slower than Nicky Katzberg. But, but the uh, fact is, those three are quite close together. But Rodrigo getting away, John. Yeah, but John Edwards and Nicky Katzberg, not the last lap, but the one before, put in their fastest laps of their races with 43 fours, uh, uh, 43 threes and 43 twos. So that that's very, very decent pace, but you've got to say Van Gisbergen with that 42.8 fastest lap of the race, he's backing that up, he's peppering the high 42s, Ben Constantius, and the high, or the very low 43s rather, and the high 42s. Van Gisbergen, an absolute model of consistency at the moment. And clear track ahead of him as well, so he's able to do that, he's able to uh, not have to worry. They will come in contact soon with some of the tail end Charlies who've uh, been running as much as four seconds off the pace. Uh, so they will have traffic to contend with. And as we've seen at the very end of these races with that competition caution in the middle of the race, it's that when they catch those traffic right at the end, the last 10 minutes or so, that's when it becomes very, very squeaky bottom time, uh, trying to avoid all of the potential dra dramas. Um, for those who don't understand the British colloquialism there, the England colloquialism, it means it's just going to get a bit scary uh, for those drivers. There's a battle shaping up uh, between the number 25 sitting in sixth position, Conor de Filippi and the BMW, and the Ferrari 488s, the Junkos car of Augustin Canapino. Augustin, again, has really rather re-fired his sim racing career. He, he did do some sim racing... Um, some years ago, before he went off racing in the real world, he's been exceptionally successful in his home uh, national series in Argentina. I think national champion three times uh, in their premier championship. He's been racing in IMSA up to the DPIs with Junkos. And with the lockdown, he rediscovered his skills uh, behind the wheel, the simulated wheel of race cars and has had some cracking yeah, races at the Nürburgring he learned the Nürburgring very quickly indeed with a really impressive sim driver as his teammate called Alex Arana who's based in Bilbao in Spain they've never met each other but they've got they've got a really great partnership going on yeah now moving back in front of Katzberg under pressure from Edwards, Katzberg putting pressure on Edwards sorry it was the left and right of the graphic there confused me as the cars moved right front. Uh, Robbie Foley also close together. So it, it, it's Edwards who's now the cork in the bottle and holding up his two BMW teammates, Katzberg and Foley. Van Gisbergen now has a two-second lead at Edwards. Rodrigo Fluke has a two-and-a-half-second lead over Van Gisbergen. So really, Nicky Katzberg with 20 minutes, less than 20 minutes to go, needs to make it happen now, at least so he can mount some sort of battle on the top two. And you've got to wonder who will have tyres left at the end in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Nick Damon, John Hindorf and Ben Constant-Juris has been watching what's been going on in the pit lane. I mean, we are pretty certain now, well, surely we are certain, Ben, that everybody is fuelled to the end. Nobody's done anything silly like short-fuelled, or have they? Because Fluke was stationary for a very... Uh, was stationary for a long time, but what, what was he doing in the pit lane? Have you been able to rewind and find out what happened there? 
Well, his exit was absolutely normal, um, but of course, being on pole position, his pit stall was at the very end of pit lane, so he he could accelerate out the pits without using his pit limiter. Everyone else behind would have had to be on limiter for a little bit and then release. Maybe that was an advantage, but I haven't been able to see the entrance into pit lane, which potentially was where he found five seconds on his competitors, even if he was stationary for two extra. Oh, getting very frenetic between Katzberg here and John Edwards. Yeah, Edwards just holding Swear in this three BMW M8 GTE uh, train at the moment. Robbie Forley with a watching brief at the moment in the turn of BMW, sitting uh, in fifth position. And Edwards, it would seem to me as Edwards just can't take Nick Damon the same kind of pace into the corners that he was doing earlier on. And he's he's trying to try some slightly different lines. And it looks like Katzberg to me is getting a little bit frustrated here with his BMW teammates. Absolutely. I mean, Katzberg knows he has to get past and he is being lightly held up, possibly by one or two tenths of a second a lap, but enough to be all over the back of uh, John Edwards. Now, of course, the other thing to remember is that you've got Robbie Foley behind him as well, and Foley is, is just waiting to pick up the pieces and a potential podium if these two come together. So this is a battle royal of the BMW teammates, but obviously John Edwards knows that he's not stopping BMW in the championship. So he, hasn't, he can race for himself. He hasn't got to let Katzberg through to get the championship over four, because if Katzberg doesn't win, well, it's still Spengler in a BMW. So it gives him a chance to push as hard as he likes and not let him through, whereas Katzberg probably right now is literally crossing his name off his Christmas card list. <laughs> <laughs> well, they are teammates, of course, John Edwards uh, and Nicky Katzberg for BMW. Katzberg uh, has recently been named as the third driver uh, for uh, Corvette Racing as well, of course, uh, in some of the longer uh, races. I think I'm right in, in seeing that, aren't I? Uh, I may have just made that Yeah, up. that was for Le Mans, though, wasn't it? Oh, yes, it was um, for Le Mans. And of course, they're, not... they're not going. Yes, good point. I knew yeah. I'd seen that somewhere. Thank you, Ben, for reminding me uh, of that. No... Uh, new uh, mid-engined uh, C8R at Le Mans for this year. And we should also mention as well that uh, we'll not see Dan Binks in his Corvette racing gear either. The legendary number one mechanic and more likely crew chief for Corvette racing. My goodness, he can tell a story. Fantastic bloke. And he's decided to call it a day after a long and very successful career in sports car racing. His son still uh, working uh, in the pit lanes of IMSA. He was working for Ford uh, the last time I caught up with him. So the family name will continue. But Dan, enjoy whatever you're going to do next. I'm sure he'll be uh, keeping a weather eye on what's going here, even though there's no Pratt & Miller or Corvette racing uh, cars in this. All right, 15 minutes to go to the end of the IMSA Racing uh, iRacing Pro Invitational season. This is the sixth and final round. And we've still got this. And John Edwards is ahead. scrappy. Yeah, John he's, he's struggling is for grip, isn't he? At the moment. It's all over the place. His pit stop was the same as the rest, so I would expect him to have four tyres on, but he is trying too hard and overdriving that car and he's, you know, really threatening Nicky Katzberg in terms of where the car is being placed in dangerous areas. Katzberg needs to be careful to get past. I think it's a classic case of it's easier to follow than to lead. I think it's, it's, it's yeah, he's trying to punch through the air oh, here we with go. the big front end of the BMW and now he's got a big toe, but it's so hard to get round the inner loop. He's got to send but, it. Oh, no. Oh. And, and the problem is 
that Katzberg's battling for the championship and as much as he wants to be up the road he can't afford to be dropping his Michelins onto the dirt which is what he's and just he's done and here comes Forley and Forley's going to get the run down the inside in the short shoot down into turn number six but has to just back it off a tiny wee bit and for the moment John Edwards has a bit of breathing space Van Gisbergen uh, is actually a little bit closer there are he's only 1.7 seconds uh, no he's not sorry he's four seconds uh, up the road so he's doubled no, his lead and 1.7 seconds off the lead he's, he's only 1.7 seven he's been gaining about three tenths a lap over the last three or four laps so you know at that rate he should be quite close in, uh, in before the end of the uh, 13 minutes which is I suppose, what seven eight laps I think we've got eight perhaps eight nine laps so it's certainly enough for Shane to creep up the back of Riga Fluke but unfortunately the gap between the leader and Nicky Katzberg now is seven seconds and that's going to take a miracle and some cracking overtaking computer says uh, 48 laps predicted so seven laps at the end of this one so they come through now to complete that and through has gone Fluke 13 just on 13 minutes to go. Another three tenths to uh, Van Gisbergen again. Well, the championship battle is intriguing, but Katzberg at the moment is seven seconds away from a championship win. Spengler, by the way, solidly inside the top 20 now. He's back up to 16th position, back on the lead lap and only three seconds behind Tristan Nunez, who's in the 77 Mazda Racing sponsored Ford in 15th position so that there is maybe a top 15 for Spengler but he doesn't need that he's already got 152 points 152 or 153 153 points banked with his best five results of six races so far it looks like he's not going to improve on that his worst finish so far is a sixth position which was at VIR and oh, was it mid Ohio? No, mid Ohio. Mid Ohio, excuse me. And where he had the accident, he was correct. taken out by um, part of an accident two four. I think it was swiped. I think it was Sebastian Prio. Yeah, correct. Oh, and a mistake in front of that battle, or was it a, no, it's a, a decent it's driver? A, that's a lapped car. There's a lot of traffic at the moment just in front of this battle for uh, third, fourth. So Gilles Gounon pulling out the way in the Michelin liveried Ferrari. Uh, here comes Canapino as well onto the back of that. You know what? De Filippi and Canapino here, gentlemen, are not that far away. We could be seeing a five-car battle for the third step of the podium. A little further back, just outside the top ten, Shinya Mishimi in the bright purple Porsche. Quite accents. Quite run for Shinya. He's, um, obviously, he's scored, if you add all the points together, quite highly and can still uh, finish um, third overall. But um, it's quite race. He has... Not after the first round, he's not qualified well, but he's driven every race well. This is the first race where he's still sort of mired so far down with only a few laps to go. But no, there's still a chance by a couple of in the top ten. But Shinya, very consistent, of course, has a massively impressive eye rating, which means his score on the game is uh, pretty good. So he's a very, very experienced virtual racer. As is the man right behind him, Michael Cooper, another air licensed driver in that number 30. First time we've seen him. In the purple people, it gets a lovely run through the S's at the top of the hill. We'll get the drivers right, and he'll have the preferred line in the inner loop, and he'll take that position from Mishimi. So back to 12 for Shinya, and up goes Michael Cooper. Been racing in the IMSA Challenge series that normally precedes the IMSA iRacing Pro Invitational. 
And due to his results there, got the wild card entry into the final race of the big show. And again, a very experienced. Ooh, traffic. Go ahead, Ben. Sorry, Nicky Katzberg gaining a huge amount of time on John Edwards because Edwards being held up in traffic and suddenly the gap comes down uh, to nothing. just a couple of tenths of a second. Well, yeah, nothing actually, you can see it there. Uh, that BMW that's still kind of getting in the way uh, was uh, just caught at the right, the wrong moment going into the inner loop and uh, that's given Katzberg another opportunity to perhaps get back into third spot. I think that was coming through uh, the heel of the boot actually and up to turn nine, they're crossing the line now Katzberg now trying to get past his teammate it looks like Edwards has, has tidied up his driving Nick Dearman in the last lap or two he was looking a little bit of uh, a, a bit ragged earlier on and that was affecting his lap time I think he had a focus he had the focus of actually trying to get past the back markers rather than the focus of just staying in front of Katzberg he's now Good getting run. closer and closer and closer and he may get enough of a drag oh, and he just he's got to go oh, the wobble and he's on the wrong side as they come up to the inner loop but let's see what happens he's, he's going to send it he's he's gonna, no oh. he's backing off he's looking to perhaps get it. another they're, touch they're, they're really all over the back Katzberg really pushing as hard as he can Edwards do everything he can absolutely with his right stay ahead just nine minutes to go so five laps well, four laps and this one as they sweep now down to the bottom of the boot, the sharp left as they go into the toe in the second. Yeah, this is the BMWs together. How many times have you been on the sim? Have you hit that arm core never, driver's right never, there? Never, never done that, no, that's never happened. <laughs> so easy to go in there too hot. We think, no, I'm losing time, I'm losing time. I can go through quick. I've got, yeah, I can still go through quick. Unbelievable. So, coming down to the last eight minutes as Nick was mentioning and this is the battle for the championship effectively with Katzberg the meat in the sandwich between his two BMW colleagues John Edwards ahead and Robbie Foley behind for Turner in the 96 car it is the dash to the line Rodrigo Fluger I, and I, I, I'll say this and get the hashtag blame Hindy ready but he's actually driven a really, really good race. We haven't seen too much of him, but the mistakes and the inconsistencies in the second half of the race that plagued him after good qualifying all the way through this six-race series, Nick Damon, he's, he's cleaned that up. They've disappeared. He's got the setup right, and that Ford, number 47, looks pretty, pretty good at the front of the field. Yeah, he really has put in a, a, a final lead. He's put together, six minutes, seven minutes ago, a complete hour and a half of, of excellence. He's had a number of good first halves, had little incidents happen, not always his own fault, but things that just happened in the second half of the race, which have put him off. Now, it's interesting, I would say, Shane Van Gisbergen lost time through traffic, but now he's eking back towards him. 1.7 seconds is the gap. New fastest lap of his race for Shinya Mishimi as he's trying to close down Michael Cooper for the, that battle for 11. Bruno Spengler, by the way, has got past Tristan Nunez. And it's now just 1.2 seconds behind Corey Lewis for 14. So Spengler 15 in the seventh car last seventh car last time around. His championship is looking secure at the moment with his only possible rival, Nicky Katzberg, sitting in fourth position. That's not going to be enough points. It will increase Nicky Katzberg's points total. It'll make it much closer. He'll only lose by five or six. The only scenario now where this ends well for Katzberg is Katzberg managed to get past Edwards and on the last lap Van Gisbergen sends it against Fluke and it goes horribly wrong because it's just too big a gap now between second and third. It's 6.7 seconds. You're not going to make that up against class drivers in four laps. So 
Katzberg needs to give himself the best chance of the victory and the best chance of himself by getting past Edwards and then hope for a miracle of stupidity. <laughs> That's another t-shirt, isn't it? I hope the guys from Full Talk here. A miracle of stupidity is required in the last six and a half minutes. So, down to the first corner. So, this will be... Let's just clear this up yeah. again. Um, as it stands right now, this will be Spengler's worst finish of the season. So he will right? finish on 1-5-3. He will finish on 153 points. He will have two wins, two seconds and a sixth. Mm -hmm. Those, that is his absolute worst that he can get yes. right now. Yep. Uh, at the moment, what we've got is that Katzberg has a first, a second, a third and a ninth. He needs that first position. Fourth is not going to be enough. It's, remember, it's... 35, it is, 32, 36. He's about to get 28 points. Correct. So he's going to go to 47. Yeah. So he's six points off at home. Yeah. But he will go to four, and he will have a solid second place. Yeah. And then Shinya Mishimi will be battling uh, to see if he can get third position because Kenton Cook... No, he will, go, he, will, he, will, he will go up into third. He'll get third because we, 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 he, he has Kenton five solid scores. Yeah, England England. here. The only question is if Shane gets a first, or, a or he should get a second. If he gets a first, how high up he'll come? He's got a couple of dodgy scores. So his drop scores will... Oh, we're not sure where he'll go. I think he might go fourth or fifth overall um, for Shane Van Gisbergen because he's going to get a very good score here. It's been a stunning season as we move into the last couple of laps. In fact, Rodrigo Fluke. Uh, is has crossed the line. Spengler is about to go for 14th position on the number 48 of Corey Lewis, the Paul Miller racing car, racing in the red, white and black colours. And hello to all of the PMR guys, both in the uh, dealerships and also at the race shop. Just, uh, well, almost a lug nuts throw <laughs> from there to the racetrack at Road Atlanta in Brazelton, just outside of Brazelton in Georgia and also a, a big hello to their drivers as well it's, it stays it is, Shane Van Gisbergen I think is going to move to fourth, right. he'll, actually, he'll actually leapfrog both uh, Philip Eng and, and Philip. Cook because yeah. 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 he's got a zero will stay where he is, yeah. Yeah. he'll move to third because um, he's got a zero to drop so. Nick Dearman doing the most go ahead Brett Sorry, I've just been following Nicky Katzberg and just watching whilst we were looking at other battles there. Katzberg just went too wide through the inner loop, taking full grass to try and get past John Edwards. And John Edwards would have had the call on his spotter to say car to his left. He would have known he was there. And Nicky just flew across the grass, got it all crossed up sideways. So as he exited the inner loop, he was losing loads of time, but was able to defend from Robbie Foley and it's back to status quo again. Uh, but he is still trying, he's still desperate to find a way past. I, I think, Ben, for me, the chance of Katzberg winning the championship went, disappeared in two areas. One in his pit stop where he lost time and lost track position. But in those first couple of laps, maybe five laps, after the Porsche safety car pulled into the pit lane, not being able to get past John Edwards, I think, Ben, has really cost him badly in this last half to third of the race. I totally agree. John Edwards basically did the undercut. He pitted one lap earlier and was able to get back ahead of Nicky Katzberg. Katzberg's car doesn't look great. When we run no. on board with him, you can see it's a bit oversteery. It doesn't really sit 
as nicely as he would want. So uh, he's been struggling, I think, today with the car. Um, and he certainly hasn't had the pace of our, what looks to be our lead winner, Rodrigo Fluka. So, so the car not looking great under underneath him. Uh, that's not what we've normally said, Nick, about he about BMWs. They've normally looked solid and looked like they've been on rails this season. Yeah, I mean, it, it, there will be subtle differences in in the setup. There'll be subtle differences in the tyre wear, and you know, you, you can sort of board people. And just the car does look very loose. Now, it's not necessarily just the setup. It could be the way it's been driven. Perhaps he's got a bit of a frustration. Perhaps sometimes he's literally sticking his foot so far down on the accelerator it's going through his carpet. Um, to try and get the thing to go a bit faster. But the guy in the flat downstairs yeah, knows very knows worried. What his socks very are. worried, yeah. that's right, yeah. But um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's, the attitude of the car and the hand of the car can change based on how you're driving. If he's tensed up, it, yeah, he's, he's pushing and hard and tensing, um, then it's going to be uh, another problem. But at the moment, yeah, it's just not really worked out. And the first half of the race really worked out really quite well. He came in, in second, he really was good, he fresh tyres, everything else. And then it's just kind of drifted away. It's not been a big moment like uh, Spengler on, on corner one. It's just a drift away. It must be very frustrating. Right, let's go back to the championship position. Katzberg will not be happy. Spengler wasn't happy early on with that first lap incident. Now, he's fought back the 14th position. But that is going to be, as we said before, his worst finish of the season. So forget about that. So the five scores that he's got already, which give him 153 points, Nick, according to our IMSA points table here. That's what Spengler's going to finish on. Yep, there's uh, Sebring, Raceway, Middle Ohio Road, American VIR. He had two wins, two seconds, and a sixth. And that gives him 153 points. Nicky Katzberg, the best he can get at the moment, we think he's going to finish around 148 um, with his fourth-place finish here. Uh, and that's just not enough. He'll, 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 be, his, he'll, be, dro he'll be dropping his 28th finish His VIR constant. Yeah. The, the race where he overtook everybody and then fell off and overtook everybody again and then fell off. Just a, 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 that was really lost on a double error in qualifying. He didn't get a decent lap in that VR race and had to start from the back. Time is about to expire. So where is Rodrigo Fluger? Are we going to have one more lap for the Peruvian driver in the number 47 Ford? from Precision Performance Motorsport. He can lift off here. The white flag then is out. It's how it works in this simulation. Fluker is going to take a win for Ford. So BMW, Porsche and two Ford victories to finish the end of the season. Fluker finally converts from pole position, but the championship is going the way. Not of the best of the two finishes in the championship contention it's going to go despite that nightmare at the beginning to Bruno Spengler as through has come Van Gisberg in his best finish of the season in second John Edwards is on the podium in third Nicky Katzberg only gets fourth so finishes with that fourth position he's going to be a handful of points shy two corners for Bruno Spengler showing exactly the same facial expression as when he was sitting in the pit lane going nearly two laps down earlier on. Now there's a little smile from Bruno as he's realised it. He's through the final corner. He's to the chequered flag. And Bruno Spengler for BMW Team Red is the IMSA iRacing Pro Invitational Champion for 2020. Despite finishing in his worst finish of the season, 14th in the Kanika Minolta presents IMSA iRacing at the Glen. 
Forget about the incident on lap one, Bruno. Forget about everything else. That has been Ben Constantinus, a championship victory that has been built until this race on consistency and staying out of trouble. A worst finish until today of sixth position. And that is exactly how you win a championship, Ben. And built on fantastic qualifying results as well. He always was well up there, clear of all the trouble until today. Uh, and today was his drop score. There is the celebrations and the smiles. He's got the donuts going. And considering I saw him in September as a very, very bad iRacing <laughs> driver, he really has put in the miles. And he is now one of the very best. We'll get a word with Bruno, I'm sure in a second we've got him on screen as well so we might be able to get him in sound and vision let's confirm the victory first of all for rodrigo fluke the second and three quarters it looks like he controlled that actually towards the end he put in a couple of quick laps when van gisbergen looked like he was closing down and rodrigo handled the second half of the race better than we've seen him in any of his outings this season so far that's his first win and obviously his best result van gisbergen on the podium in second another good result for porsche and the kiwi has his best result of the season ahead of john edwards with his best result of the season and three Three different manufacturers again on the podium. Nicky Katzberg will be disappointed, I think. The door was open for him. It was a jar. He sort of got his foot in there, but he couldn't squeeze through and close the deal. He finished in fourth ahead of Robbie Foley and Conor de Filippi, another couple of BMW drivers. Augustin Canapino once again, the Argentinian, the best of the Ferraris, uh, ahead of Jesse Cron. Lawrence Van Tour, what a, an improvement for Lawrence. Struggled in, in his qualifying early on in the season, struggled in his racing. He's got better and stronger all the way through. And despite having a damaged car, Jules Gounon finishes in the top 10. Good finish for Jules in the second of the Ferraris. Michael Cooper, in his debut in the Big Show, finishes in 11th ahead of Shinji Mishimi. They had a cracking scrap all the way through. Riding Dickinson in 13th for Porsche. Then Spengler taking the championship with that 14th position. Corey Lewis in 15th for Paul Miller Racing. Matt Bell, I think that's his best finish in 16th position. Then the 17th uh, uh, is Tristan Nunes. Dakota Dickinson, Scott Hargrove and... Kyle Masson. Right, that's your top 20. Uh, and we have Rodrigo Fluker uh, in the broadcast booth with us in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Rodrigo, congratulations. That was a super, super drive. Thanks uh, for, for joining us here in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Rodrigo, finally, you've converted a pole position to a win. How are you feeling? Wow, thank you for the interview. I am super happy right now. It's uh, it's something that I have been waiting, you know, for the whole championship. First of all, I want to thank my my team's running Team Sport, who, who support me this race. Also to all my sponsors, Petramas, Peru, uh, La Santa Chakra, you can see the, the, the sponsors in my car. Can you guys car. mute uh, so, yeah, About the race. Yeah, about the race, I can say that, yeah, since the beginning we were fast. The track that I really want. So yeah, I, I hope that I hope that that we well the, the this can it's time to to be happy, you know. Uh, how were you so quick in your pit stop, uh, Rodrigo? Um, you seemed to be stopped for a long time, but your transit time through the pit lane was excellent. 
Hello, Rodrigo. Hello. Yeah, Rodrigo, how were you so quick in the pit lane? Your pit stop um, was quite long, stationary, but your transit time was very quick. Yeah, well, the strategy was managed by running Sim Sport this race. I was focused in driving. I think that uh, helps a lot, you know, for the driver to be focused on what he needs to be focused. Did you did you short fuel the car? Because you did take four tyres, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, we take the four tyres. I, I think that was the best option because we were in the front. So, yeah, it worked very well at the end. Shane, Shane was super fast. So, yeah, it was That's it was better. a thing about maintaining the pace. When he was getting close to me, I did a really good lap, even, even really close to my fastest lap. So I'm happy with that also, you know. Congratulations on your first victory, Rodrigo, uh, and a great season for you as well. Thanks for joining us, mate. Thank you very much for the interview, Jones. Uh, well, yeah, you know, like sim racing, it's, uh, it manages my desire of driving. And well, I, of course, it's not the same as the real life, but hopefully next week I'm going to be able to, to train in karting and getting prepared for, for the championship. You know, this situation of the COVID-19, uh, it's, it's, uh, I'm sorry for this situation, but hopefully we can put everything together for the championship. And well, I hope to be there on 4th of July, yeah, such a special day for IMSA and also for the country. Thanks, Rogredo. We'll see you at the track soon, mate. Well done. Uh, let's uh, head to John Edwards, uh, I think, is with us now. John, can you hear me? Hello, John Edwards, can you hear me? Hang on one second, we're turning off the logo. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Drew. Ah, and uh, there is John in vision uh, as well. John, that was a hard-fought race there, but you, uh, you finish the final race of the season on the podium. Uh, you had a lot of pressure in that last section of the race from, from Nicky Katzberg. Uh, you were obviously aware of that, and he was going for the championship. No team orders there then, mate. No, uh, obviously in the beginning of the of the race, you know, we swapped positions a couple of times. We were, um, I, I said on the radio, I, I thought I was quicker, um, so they let me go by, and I think in those first couple laps with cold tires, I was quicker, but then uh, Nicky, picked up some pace in the middle of the stint and then I caught back up at the end. So, um, you know, in that middle of the stint, I was struggling. So I gave it back to him, but you know, that was the beginning of the race at the end. We were, uh, we were in a hard fight for the, for the podium. And, um, you know, I think had, had Nikki been the only BMW driver in with a shot at the podium, then obviously I would have let him by, but, um, it was guaranteed a BMW driver was going to win. Um, so, uh, yeah, I was, I was happy to fight him for it, but as you can see, I'm, I'm, very red. I was sweating uh, like crazy during the race, during that fight. So um, I'm sure my heart rate was was just as high as it, as it is in the real car because it was a really hard fight and we were um, we were going for it. But ultimately, you know, Nikki was Nikki was aggressive, but uh, but always clean. So I tried to tried to be the same with him, and uh, I think it turned out to hopefully be a pretty good show because it was really fun inside the car. Yeah, we enjoyed it, uh, John. Definitely. How important is it? Uh, for you guys to use these, the, this competition to stay sharp. It's, it's made me stay sharp doing all, all this um, on, online and the sim, sim racing that we've been doing here at IMSA Radio and, and at uh, RSL. It, it's got my mind working again. Does it work the same way for you guys? Absolutely. I think, um, it, you know, it's really cool when you look at the, when you look at the, the physics of the software, even down to um, between turn uh, turn seven and eight here. There's some weird bumps on the track at Watkins Glen that you always feel 
uh, as you go down the straight there. And, and while I was warming my tires, I could actually see that the car was kind of bouncing in a, in a weird way there. So the, the software is very accurate. Um, as a driver, the, the pure driving portion of it, you're obviously missing the, the G-forces. But, um, but when you get in a battle like that, like I had with Nikki, um, when, when you have that pressure and you have to manage that pressure and, and still stay, you know, inch perfect while you're while you're pushing hard, um, it, it's obviously a very hard thing to do. And normally we get a lot of practice um, every weekend when we are racing uh, through the season. So um, we've never quite had a situation like this where we're, uh, you know, out of the car for six months straight. And so um, so it's really good. I think, you know, ha having had some good battles and uh, and everything, it, it's really, I think, going to help keep us sharp when we go back to racing, because ultimately, you know, nobody's allowed to test and we only have uh, two hours of practice for two drivers before we go racing at Daytona. So I think it's been a great way to keep keep sharp, not just from a driving perspective, but from a, a competitive perspective, um, you know, bat battling back and forth, um, as you saw at the end with, with Nicky and I there. Yeah, we've enjoyed it, John. Thank you very much indeed for the entertainment. Thank you for how uh, seriously you and BMW uh, have taken it and for the respect that you've shown all of your competitors right through out the field. And not too long to wait now before we go full metal racing, mate. Thank you. Uh, let's chat then with Bruno Spengler. Uh, now, are we going to get Bruno in vision or are we just going to hear him? I know we've got a camera uh, on him. Uh, Bruno, are you with us? Bruno Spengler joining us in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre. Bruno, how about that, mate? Your worst finish of the season, but you still win the championship. Oh, man, I tell you, this was a lot of emotions right there because uh, qualifying didn't run great. I mean, the lap I did was not a shit lap, but it wasn't great. It was just not enough to be in the first two rows. But I had a good start and yeah, unfortunately turn one, uh, the Ford spun and took me out uh, pretty bad um, and I rolled over. That was it for me. The race was done. So that was, uh, yeah, not a very shiny start, let's say, unfortunately. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I, I, I was kind of sure I was going to lose the championship. And then a bit later, I got the information that Nikki had to win the race to, to close the deal. So um, it helped me a bit to feel better. But uh, that was, a, let's say, a lot of emotions in there. And I'm super happy it worked at the end. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's great. It's a lot of hours in there. A lot of support from the BS competition guy, BMW. And yeah, I'm super happy we, win, we won it. I mean, it was tough. But uh it was great, and thanks to IMSA, thanks to everybody for organizing such a thing during uh, the difficult times we had. Um, it was great for us drivers to, to train. I loved it. Uh, in terms of how you were feeling after that first lap, it was Richard Highstand who cut across the front. Yeah, I've got to say, you, you won't know this, but he was trying to avoid Robbie Foley. They both went off wide and he caught the curb and just speared across in front of you. We saw you sitting in the pits while the car was getting repaired. There was not a flicker of emotion on your face, but I, I've known you a long time and Nick Damon, my co-commentator, said the same thing. I think you were steaming. You were really, really upset at that point, weren't you? Yeah, you're right. I was super upset. I mean, I was talking to Lauren, uh, who is always with me on the radio. Um, that's Lauren Heinrich, yeah? Yeah, Lauren Heinrich. I was telling him, I was like, man, that's it. We are done. The championship is over. And I was, yeah, I was going crazy. In 
at inside of me you know I, on the other on the other side i couldn't believe what just happened you know when you're surprised about something and you're so disappointed i just couldn't believe what just happened you know and yeah then i then uh, we took the risk to just take two tires and do a short pit stop and everything and could come back to p14 but uh, yeah as you said i was steaming so badly <laughs> Uh, yeah, that got you back on the lead lap. When did you... I mean, I know how BMW are. I know how you are as well. And I'd certainly know how Lauren Heinrich is. So I'm, I'm presuming, Bruno, that you did all the arithmetic and you knew that Nicky wasn't scoring enough points. You were going to drop the score today. So you had your 153 points already in the bank. So you, you didn't... I mean, improving your positions, that was a bit of fun at that point because that was going to be your drop score, yeah? Yeah, I mean, but we, we kind of realized that, let's say, pretty late, um, like uh, way, after the, way after the pit stop, uh, where we had a few talks uh, here and there, and then at some point, Lauren came on the radio and said, man, um, if Nikki doesn't win the race, you're champion. Um, and then uh, that was great, and I was so, so happy, and I was looking at the stand-ins on my screen, and just uh, hoping that Nikki was not going to get in the first place oh. um, and driving my race and trying to catch up, um, you know, on the guys in front. And I was like, OK, if I can finish in the top 10, at least I would be kind of happy. Um, yeah, but it's it's good. I'm, I'm happy about the end result. And uh, it was a good fight against Nikki the whole season. He was a tough opponent and uh, that was good fun. I, uh, I Racing Pro Invitational Champion Bruno Spengler thank you very much mate well done and we'll see you back at the track Thanks soon you cheers mate that's Bruno Spengler joining us in the Haggerty Global Broadcast Centre Ben Constantinus and Nick Damon have been my co-commentators up in London for RSL it's been Tim Gray our executive producer it was Drew Cisco and the team uh, in Boston, Massachusetts, who have put this all together in terms of the visuals for us and have been a brilliant set of colleagues. And one day, I'll get to shake them by the hand and settle down with an, av uh, an adult beverage uh, as well. It's been a great effort from IMSA, all the series sponsors and partners, and from you, the viewers, the fans, many of you who will not have been particularly your fear about sim racing and may have had your reservations about it. I hope we've changed your mind. We've taken it seriously. We've given it the respect it deserves here on Michelin Post Race Tech. That's it for the 2020 IMSA iRacing Pro Invitational season. Bruno Spengler is your champion. I'm John Hindhoff for the whole team. Bye-bye. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.